My name is Nate Riggle, and you are listening to The Way of the Bonfire. Gosh, this feels like jumping off of a cliff into the water, cliff diving for the first time. The maiden voyage. I'm, I'm excited, and I'm... Gosh, I thought this. I thought through this way too much. Um, this is the first time I think I have ever purposely recorded my own voice and shared it publicly, which seems crazy at face value because as long as I can remember, I've always had something to say, a story to tell, a discovery that I made, something to show somebody, um, and and I've just always wanted to express myself through speaking. So it's weird that I, I haven't ever done this before and that I'm, I feel, it feels like, <laughs> it feels like my first time speaking ever. Um, the desire to share and speak is only increased with time and, and new experiences. Uh, I'll start off by just giving you a disclaimer here. I, I think a metaphor, I'm a sucker for a metaphor and a well-tied in analogy, a relevant story or a joke. I think those are actually the highest form of communication in a lot of cases. Sometimes it's the only way of connecting the dots um, between what's in my head and, and someone else's head and uh, and what we're, we're trying to say, right? So brace yourself for lots of these <laughs> these four things, metaphors, analogies, stories, and jokes because I'm a bottomless pit of these four things. Like many out there, I've been wandering my way through this life for a few decades. And I've noticed most often when I've chosen the the designated by the book path of, you know, kind of traveling through life like a tourist with an itinerary and, and following all the safety rules for travel and um, sticking to the letter of, of how things have been prescribed in the way that we should do things by whoever it is that's making those rules. It's been a bit of a grift. It's kind of felt like a con where, you know, it's this must see destination. You have all these promised <laughs> exciting things that you'll see when you get there. And, um, but it really comes down to the way that way of traveling through life for me, at least, is just seems like they're trying to keep things predictable and efficient and low risk. Um, and thankfully, my style of navigating life has taken on lots of other forms. In no particular order, I wrote a few down here. Uh, it's I've been seen as that of a reckless adventurer. Other times, as a mindless drifter. Sometimes, I've been more of a trailblazer. Or even, and I, I say even as if it hasn't happened quite a few times, but even the more negative things, right? Um, I didn't follow the rules and I, I was, I felt more like a, a lost, confused little boy trying to make sense of things and sometimes just merely existing or even worse. Um, I've danced with the darkness, baby. I know, I know what it's like to take a tour as a defeated soul who forgets that there's even a, a journey and a, a be there's beauty in the world and, and there's great things to be seen and discovered. You know, I've, I've lost sight of all those things a few times just because of kind of taking the more risky path. And, and I've been a fearless idiot and a gambler. I still do that quite a bit. Um, 
I guess I do all these from time to time. It's kind of cyclical. And yes, I've been a guide and a leader to others, but it's usually because someone asked me to. Um, I say that just to say like, look, there's cycles in life and, and I've made a point to go through a lot of them. Uh, but make no mistake, I'm I'm not what you would find in the handbook as the proven model to follow for an easy and safe step-by-step plan to success or riches or achievement or being the best in your class or the world champion or the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Um, I think most of what we see out there is people professing to, to have this foolproof plan of, of getting to all of these sorts of destinations. But um I do feel like what I have to say and share and offer is, is very valuable and perhaps even more valuable than those things in a certain way, because with my insistence on trying different styles and collecting screw ups and getting lost in the maze of, <laughs> of just everything and kind of getting hit by missiles in life and um, getting blindsided by things. And because I put, you know, I've put myself out there and tried a lot of different stuff, you know, without, without thinking it all the way through first. Um, what it has allowed me to do is notice a lot of things along the way. And I think most importantly, I paid attention and I took notes of the, the little secrets that are hidden in plain sight that I missed the first 100 times that I walked by them. Uh, I think it happens to a lot of us, right? Where we think that <laughs> we we got we know everything in our surroundings in our world and but there's stuff that's right under our noses um whether that be concepts or people or things we didn't know about um you know our environment or world and kind of the unspoken lessons that are um like the if you know you know type of thing uh where it's like you almost have to have experienced it or stumbled into some piece of wisdom that you just, that's, it's not out there for everyone, right? You have to have kind of fallen into it. Um, and I would say that this, this all comes down to this. I just had this insatiable persistent curiosity and stubbornness has caused me to incredible pain and heartache at times, but, um, it's also unlocked a lot of doors and, and allowed me to just see different angles on things. Um, and I know what you're thinking maybe right now is, okay, so you've been here for several decades. Why are you now just finally speaking up? Um, or what was I waiting for? And I was asking myself these same questions. I actually just said, I don't like this. I didn't think I liked the sound of my own voice. We'll see how, how I do here. But um, And maybe you're thinking, what does that have to do with a bonfire? Uh, well, I'll tell you. It's It just... Number one, the reason that I'm speaking up now instead of before and, and putting it out there for the whole world to hear if, if they're listening, um, is it just took time and lots of subtle and not so subtle reminders to wake me up and realize that if no one can use what I have to say, it's because I'm not speaking. I've tried to make excuses, but then too many things lifted my hypnosis recently and, and over time, have have they've given me all this incredible perspective all at once. It's been a bit jarring. Um, 
you know, I was almost struck by lightning <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there's been, I've lost a few, a few people that are really close to me, dealt with Ill, people in my life that are incredibly ill and, um, and just seen, seen some suffering. And, and, um, one of the things that I said, uh, that that's really driven me to want to do this is it was a promise that I made to my father. Uh, and, and it just kind of brought me to think, okay, I get the point. No more hiding, no more waiting. Um, what the subtle, more subtle reminders have been are people going another way to say, where did you learn that? Or, I, I never even thought of that. Or, uh, I, you know, dude, you have a backwards way of doing things, but man, somehow it, it works well. I wish you would write a book or people deserve to hear these stories. Like, how do you have so many stories? Um, so that one of the not so subtle things was, it, it really has to do with death and the reminder that tomorrow is not guaranteed. Uh, my father died a couple of years ago and I knew it was coming, but it was heartbreaking. Uh, even when it still, when it happened, no, you can't prepare for, for losing those people that are closest to you. You think you can, you think you can get ready for it. You think you can mentally prepare yourself, but yeah, still, gosh, it's like getting hit by a truck. Uh, you know, he was one of the few who always was always listening, no matter what I was spouting off about. And he's kind of like this, this safe place, <laughs> if you will, that I could always go to laugh and, and be comforted and understood and trade stories and commiserate with and just goof off and be weird and stupid. Um, he's always so positive, always so encouraging. And it was really hard to get the guy down. He was, he was just so optimistic and he was loud and excitable and full of ideas that you just don't even know where they came from, but they're a lot of them are super brilliant. Some of them are audacious and crazy, um, but he was always quick to forgive and, lighten the mood. But again, when it seemed like it was, the sky was falling, he was always calm and could get anyone to feel hope and find direction. Um, and that's kind of where this, this concept of the bonfire is coming from, um, in the way of the bonfire. At his funeral, I shared a few thoughts. I remembered how much he loved fire. I mean, the guy was a pyromaniac. And I, I mean, I guess I kind of am too. I'm, I'm not promoting that or saying to teach your kids to, to play with fire or anything. But, um, yeah, I remember he used to take us out to this ranch full of meadows and fog and mist and we would camp and have a bonfire. And honestly, it was like being in a dream or something. That's probably the furthest back that I can remember. Um, a fire being, being at a fire is about maybe six. I remember my dad saying, I remember saying this to my dad, um, as with my stick of the fire, I remember saying, dad, this is the best night of my life. And my kids have said that to me and I didn't realize that they, they actually mean it when they say that. I, Cause I remember when I was that young and I could still almost feel it even from, from all those years ago, when I said it's the best night of my life, I, I, I meant it. Uh, and I think it did have something to do with a fire. My dad told me, <laughs> gave me this wise piece of advice one time and said, uh, you know, if you're ever, if you're ever trying to connect with, uh, 
Whenever I'm trying to connect with you boys, I, I just say it sounds like it's time for a fire. Um, another, I got another fire story for you. So another time, a few years later, my older brother was in his early teens at, at scout camp or uh, yeah, I think it was scout camp or just some kind of camp. My father was up there with him as a, a chaperone or a scout leader of some kind. And my brother found a bunch of, uh, broken platforms and, and just camp uh, tent platforms and wood and all these things from this abandoned camp next to theirs. And they just broke it all down and, and they, they, they basically just built a massive bonfire. And my father came home the next day while my brother was still at camp. And he said, Nate, you got to see this, man. Your brother and his friends are going to build another one tonight. And I went up there with him. And I remember as we made our way to the campsite, you could feel the warmth before you could even see the fire. It was Maybe kind of a cold night, um, but not for anyone near that camp. <laughs> it felt like the whole forest was on fire, um, but it wasn't. It was contained and exciting and beautiful and primal. And I think everybody's running around, you know, with their shirts off and shit and like just letting the energy feed into them. Um, and you could find the camp from anywhere on, on, it was a massive, you know, humongous property with lots of forests and, uh, but you could find that you could find the camp for from anywhere based on the light and the warmth it was putting off. And uh, again, I, I like a metaphor. <laughs> and my father was like this bonfire. And when he was getting old and dying, um, he was he was like the embers, still providing that warm what warmth and inspiration he could, even though, you know, when he was like that massive bonfire. Um, it was just like, gosh, he influenced so many people just by his, his way of being and the way he chose to, to travel through life and interact with, with the world and, and with each moment. Um, and I think this is it, it, like, it's one of those things again, that's just right under your nose. I, I made this realization that, um, even when the coals went out, I, all I could think, you know, the moment when my father died and the coals went out, I, I for, first thought was, where will I find this again? Like, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever find this again. But then I made a realization. It was like he had influenced so many people, whether he was telling the world about it or not, and whether anybody knew, it was like, that fire would never go out. And, and it was, it was up to us to decide if we wanted to continue on the way of the bonfire. Um, and, I, and really the, the, the purpose behind what I'm doing here and what I'm saying is the world has so much negativity and bad news and reasons to feel depressed or discouraged or lonely and cold and forgotten and hopeless. And we could feel like, and and often that's just because we're focusing, we're focusing on that, on that darkness. And so it feels like that's all there is. And, you know, certain times and, and maybe there's just a little blip of light and, but it's mostly, it's mostly getting worse, right? We, we, that's just what a lot of people are saying and thinking. And it's almost, it's almost just an accepted thing to, to just be like, well, if you're depressed, no wonder, right? Um, 
and again, I've, I've danced with that darkness myself. And sometimes when, when we get into this mindset, we can feel like we need to be selfish just to survive and protect our family and our closest loves, loved ones. Like we need to board ourselves up and conserve our energy. Um, and like, like I don't have anything to give or contribute because we have nothing to spare and things just keep getting worse out there and we have to hunker down and we're waiting for things to get better because the lights have gone out and I, I don't, I don't see or feel any, any warmth. Right. But I read this mind blowing article published in, in 2020 in the NPR science column that it talks about the New Horizons Telescope that is, it's at the end of the solar system, and it was pointing. So, so it's all the way out there, right? And it, it, it's kind of in this unique position because there's like the James Webb and then the Hubble and all those things, right? But it's in this unique position to point out at this really dark place in space, kind of furthest away from any obvious stars or galaxies. Um, and while those are still radiating their light into this space, it was still kind of like almost this blank space out in space. And, um, and, and these scientists, what they did with these pictures that it took, they filtered out any light from reflective dust or nearby galaxies, stars. And there was a bunch of, of light present in pure blank space that they could not explain what the source of it was. And the conclusion they came to was that for 400 years, astronomers have been observing space and missed literally half of the light. Um, another quote from my father, and he's he kind of adapted it from a pretty popular one, but he says, he used to always say, perception often becomes reality, so manage it. And I guess the first, one of the first greatest secrets that, that I've discovered, right? It's like you get older and sometimes you're like, man, all the stuff I thought I knew <laughs> I was, I was just, I was just learning what I was wrong about. Right. But, um, if there's kind of an overarching secret that that's going to be one of the first that I share with you here, um, the greatest secret of fulfillment and happiness is taking a closer look and realizing that we can find light and warmth and abundance and opportunity everywhere. And then center ourselves on it and stoke the fire into a blaze and watch how it shapes reality. And I don't profess to have arrived at this state or to be an expert in the way or that there is an end state. Um, and sometimes we're just the traveler looking for something that the bonfire offers. And other times we can be the bonfire. We can at least tell others how to find it. And maybe maybe we bring the music and the food and the drinks and the company. And and we get to feel the kind of that presence of, hey, it's not so dark out here. Everywhere, right? There's there's all kinds of and and we can be the one to create and, and magnify um, those light that light and warmth. It's like we've been waiting for somebody to do this for us, and maybe we're the ones that are supposed to be doing it. <laughs> uh, one thing I know for sure, though, is that we're either adding to it or taking away from it with anything we do. But welcome to the way of the bonfire. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I do appreciate it, and I'd love it if you'd subscribe so that you never miss another show. We'll see you on the next episode.